gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's our annual award show. Right now, we are on the red carpet. We're dressed in the finest of Amé Leon d'Or. I don't even know how to pronounce it. That's how fly we're looking right about now. <laughs> we're suited up. We're about to go inside. You know, where all the finest celebrities are out there hobnobbing, you know, drinking, flirting, doing lines of cocaine. We're about to have a fantastic evening. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's dressed up, vaxxed up, ready to party. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we'll just deal with the super spreader, you know, fallout in a week or so. You know, because we're rich. Nothing yeah. ever happens to rich people. Well, of course. I mean, we already have the cure for COVID. Yeah. So, we have, we have the cure. Yeah. <laughs> what do I forgot? How did I forget? <laughs> oh, I... I, I, I I was looking at the Billy Gates. Everybody was talking about how, like, you know, that tingle gives you that shot. Oh, how did I forget? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, we, we got to do this. this. This has been a crazy year, but I, I feel like there's so much that's happened this year. The, the Reg and Stone Awards are back. <laughs> Only on CBS. No. Only on um, CBS. <laughs> <laughs> The anti-versus. God, I wish. I wish. We, we, we're we we're probably live on some, like, Russian streaming, like, channel. Because they're oh, yeah. hacking, hacking into our <laughs> our FaceTime feed right now. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, <laughs> anyway, y'all. <laughs> Let's get to it. So we have several awards that we want to give out. You know, maybe some surprise guests. Probably not. But, uh, you know, <laughs> never know. Never know. <laughs> so let's get started. <laughs> the first envelope is the prestigious. You get an invite to the Cookout Award, a.k.a. the <laughs> Tina Marie Award. <laughs> so would you please read off the this year's winner? Uh, it is your friend and my friend, Adele. Psst. What a fantastic year. What a what what a masterwork. Dating somebody who's not an NBA player, but close enough. You know what I'm saying? Album of the year, highly critically acclaimed, band two knots. I mean, what can we say? What can we say? I mean, she was also dating a grime rapper for a long time. Oh, true, you true, know? true. Went on a like, date with Drake. Come on, yeah. bruh. Like, uh, you know, it was so funny, though. Like, Adele is, and I think we talked about this before in the podcast, like, she is somehow able to cross so many different different demographics, right? Like, if you play Adele, like, you know, at, you know, I don't know, like, when you're just hanging out, out in Bed-Stuy with your black friends, people are going to be like, oh, okay, cool, it's Adele. You know, you play Adele in Iowa. People are like, "Oh, it's cool. It's Adele." Like it's it's a it's weird to see somebody who crosses so many demographics. Like you know, and um, yeah, like apparently Adele is cool in the hood. <laughs> I, I would make an argument because like anti fuckboy anthems will never go out of style. Sadly True. enough, True. that crosses all socioeconomic lines. As long as dudes is out here doing dirt, there'll be women singing songs about how they want to fuck them up. True. True. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, the next is uh, the Ice Cube Friday Fired on Your Day Off Award. That goes to my personal favorite, Circa 2002, Justin Timberlake. 
who had a, a quite quite a reckoning. Uh, basically, started off with the Britney fucking doc. It's kind of fascinating to kind of see how like the way kind of celebrity kind of gets interpreted and remixed. Because you know you had the Britney doc. Obviously, it was a big deal this year how she was on a conservatorship. Her father basically controlled her life, controlled the funds. She recently got emancipated from that. Um, but before that kind of started, there was always a groundswelling of fan support, which kind of hit a crescendo this year with, I believe, there, were there two documentaries? I believe there may have been yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, during the documentaries, it kind of talked a lot about, you know, how she became a celebrity and also kind of touched upon the fact of where, you know, you had this, you know, celebrity kind of couple, very young, very off-talked about to the gossip rags. And basically, it was kind of analysis of basically, you know, just what kind of, like, you know, what kind of trials and tribulations that kind of scrutiny kind of gives a lot of our young artists, particularly young women. And it kind of revisited, like, Timberlake's kind of place in that also as somebody who, A, dated her and was kind of involved in that kind of, not, not shenanigans, but also was under the scrutiny, but also somebody who once they be kind of came a career, you know, solo career type, leverage that relationship as far as, you know, promoting the album, whereas, like, this is my breakup album, you know, Cry Me a River. And you also had a reckoning also of how kind of he dealt with the Janet Jackson situation where obviously it was something they both planned, but, you know, only one person really kind of got the fucking career axe while he kind of played dumb. Yeah, and... <laughs> It's kind of funny because, like, I, dude, you got canceled on shit, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like a boomerang. <laughs> That's a masterwork right there. That is a master. You didn't put out any albums. <laughs> you had no pub this year. No remixes, <laughs> no guest appearances. Like, you're, you're sitting chilling. quarantining on your couch and you still got canceled, fam. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> here's what I'll say. The Britney thing, I will say, I, you know, look, they were young. I'm not trying to be like an apologist for Justin Timberlake, but I'm just kind of like, you know, they were young. They, they, you know, trying to figure out how to do things in the public eye. Like, you know, it didn't seem like there was any like crazy, crazy stuff happening in terms of like abuse or things like that. It's just like, you know, you're young, you're rich, you're famous, you're in Hollywood, you know, shit happens. Um, the Janet thing, though, definitely, even, like, years after the fact, Justin could have spoke up, even after, like, you know, I, you know, I could maybe understand, like, why you wouldn't speak up, like, at the time, because you, of, you, you know, your white male privilege, and you want to keep your bag, but, like, you know, 10 years later, right, you could have spoken up, or, like, you, I mean, that happened, like, almost 20 years ago, fam. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you could have like, you know, like, like said something uh, or even done something behind the scenes and you didn't. So definitely you, you take the L on that one. Um, and again, it's just like, you know, we're at a weird time right now or a great and amazing time where we are looking at these things with a different eye, a different lens. Um, and, you know, sorry, fam. <laughs> <laughs> you took the stray bullet. <laughs> I, I think you nailed it. It's, it's the idea of where he had time. Like, this is, and it was, it was kind of frustrating and wild. Like I said, I'm not even really mad. It's because, all right, cool, bet. You know, at that time, and, and again, he was a grown ass adult when it happened. Maybe you were afraid of the fallouts. Maybe you have your handlers on something like, yo, just throw that motherfucker under the fucking bus, save yourself. But, you know, 
like he was popping, you know, up until that whack ass weird country album, he was popping in these streets hard. There's no reason why he could have been like, all right, cool, I'm a, I'm a hop on Jenny Jackson remix, or all right, cool, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You know, at a certain point, you know, when her career kind of took this dive, intentionally so, because apparently the fucking CEO, of fucking CBS, was like, I wanted her head. But you know, he, there's there's ways he could have kind of at least try to make up for it, and it's unfortunate that, and even more unfortunate. That a documentary about the trials and tribulations of a white woman is what kind of forced them to kind of be like, oh yeah. yeah, my bad. The homie Janet, I fucked her over too. So, you know. Yeah. Dance on, dance on. Sis, um, sis, sis. Do you want to read off read off this this envelope stone? Uh yeah, so let's do this. Uh the worst major label rap release of the year. <laughs> um, I mean, this is easy. It's Drake. Like <sighs> It's Drake, um, certified lover boy. Um, come on, fam. You had like three years. You have the best people behind you, the best producers, the best ghostwriters. <laughs> you had singles that did well. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had like what I consider one of my favorite EPs of the year, rap EPs with Scary Hours. You had all of these things, fam. And uh, how did you drop the ball? Yeah. And my thing is, like, at least make it a swing and a miss. It was just boring Drake. Boring Drake to the point of where, because we've seen boring Drake before, because he's had his quote unquote mixtapes. He's had his, you know, what was the one where it's all guest appearances? The where it was, um, like, he had the gr- Grime Dem. It was a couple, a couple, what was the name of that Drake release? Well, that wasn't but the long story one. short, yeah. it's the idea of where. He's somebody where he releases music at such a word word clip and word pace that it's kind of weird to see him basically drop the ball on something where, you know, like he, he's got hard drive dumps that were probably infinitely better than fucking yeah. this record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it is kind of weird to kind of see somebody where, you know, like and I remember discussing about it too with you because I was like, I like Drake as a villain. I like I like he makes good club songs. He makes these word emo raps for fucking going back to the idea of Adele, these fuck boys. I like the I, I like Drake as an artist genuinely. And it's just weird to kind of see somebody kind of just like after all that hype. And we discussed this. I thought fucking the best thing about it was the mid-ass fucking album cover, honestly, because it wasn't so trolly. But that's the thing, too. It's just, you know, there's a discussion just with the album cover. Like, it was Drake just trying to troll everybody. Was Drake saying, you know what, guys? I'm going to put this album out. I'm going to have this troll-ass album cover. I'm going to have, like, <laughs> really whack lyrics, like, you know, I'm a lesbian, too, you know. I'm going to have, yeah, like, like shit, a lead single, I'm Too Sexy, and I'm still going to get my bag. Like, like I feel like, and somebody kind of said, like, that's, like, the Drake conspiracy. He's trying to see, he's trying to intentionally tank his career just to kind of see, like, how far... Like the people will go with him and still performing well. It's still in like the top five in terms of like, you know, streams. So, you know, regardless of what we say, like he's still getting that back, you know? So may, like, I, I'm almost a believer in the, in the Drake conspiracy theory. Drake, <laughs> Drake flat earther. <laughs> he also <laughs> controls all the 5g now. Like, you know, <laughs> Bill Gates gave that over to, to Drake, you know? So, <laughs> OVO sounds literally. <laughs> <laughs> you get the vax, you turn Canadian, basically. Like, that's what's happening. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess right. uh, on people who actually brought it, I'll, 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 I'll undo the next envelope. Uh, the virtual concert of the year, um, Diplomax and fucking Deluxe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's obviously the pandemic has been very interesting times, but it's been a, a sharp uprising in these concerts. It's been kind of fascinating to kind of see people kind of adapt the live show into what's kind of, you know, this streaming in general. I had a thought also recently about we were kind of relatively blessed as far as all of last year's real, you know, less important awards, I should say, you know, where because of that, there isn't that live show fact that it had to kind of think of interesting ways to kind of convey, you know, a musical idea in a quote unquote live setting without an audience. And they've kind of done a really good job of that. Um, so like the bar is kind of high. But it's really cool to kind of see, you know, these two groups, you know, obviously a little bit more so in the locks, but these hardened fucking hip hop performers going out there and just fucking performing at a very high level. It's also been great for me to kind of watch it where, you know, immediately Connie West flew him out for the literal bag in fucking in Wisconsin to hop on his album. So it's kind of cool to see, like, you know, Tyler was talking about it. It, it was cool to see... I should say the hip hop live art form kind of get its respect due. Yeah, definitely. And I think like the coolest thing for me is like, you know, you don't see this a lot, uh, especially for the new rappers. Like the locks came out hungry because they yes. had something to prove and they came out and they, they really wanted to say, Hey, you know, look, they're kind of a punching bag of, of the hip hop community for a long time that that whole like line like you couldn't work the locks like the bad boy street team you know so they came out with something to prove and i i think one of the beautiful things about the, that whole performance was it really got a lot of people to give them a second look um yeah. not just fans like you and i but i mean they got on the kanye record <laughs> you know like like you know i i know their streams like started to jump up like pretty trem- tremendously uh, from that performance so it really like was executed beautifully they're like you know what we're going to use this to advance our career because like we're one of the few people where we feel like underdogs we've always been underdogs and you know they had their basically revitalized their career from that 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 versus performance so um you know you it's rare to kind of see that um especially in hip-hop and i'm glad to see it happen yeah, you know, it, it, and what's cool is it was literally just done on a mic. Like it, it's 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 bringing it back to the essence, <laughs> the five pillars of hip hop. But it's just like it was just cool that like you know no no shenanigans, no theatrics. The DJ just spinning fucking instrumentals. Them dudes spinning on the instrumentals, and that's it. And it kind of won over a lot of motherfuckers. So you know, it was it was just great watching like that weird feels of like. I won't say necessarily if things off the rails per se, but that that electrifying feel of hip hop, like like it was there in spades. So you know, definitely really, really, really awesome thing to kind of watch. And like you know, props to those brothers. Diplomats too. Like I know we're kind of going a little, you know, you always have to have that foil. So even in their own special way, you know, a drunk Jim Jones, Cameron having an attitude. Like even at those dudes, they're re- they were really good foils. So you know, it's cool to see these dudes out there still making hits. So props to props to everybody involved, but you know, particularly the locks. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, so this next award, in the Industry Plants of the Year Award, brought to you by her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
we were talking before the podcast. She's been on every like Grammy show since she was like sixteen years old. Like obviously industry plant before she, like she just put an album like last year <laughs> or like this year. But Stone, <laughs> she can play guitar. She is she, really talented. She look. I will give. I will give her that. Right. She is very talented. She puts on a really good live show. She does kill the guitar. Like she, she's really amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the whole industry plant thing kind of uh, just. I don't know. Puts a bad taste in my mouth. So uh, her is is going to take the podium to present this award. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, our our latest industry plants of twenty twenty one is a band that you brought me on to, uh, Red uh, Reg. Uh, it's called Wet Leg. Yes. So uh, <laughs> so Wolf Wet Leg here. Let, let me start off praise. Like it's 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 perfect, right? So you've got these two women. Uh, front of bands, it's a perfect mix of the Breeders, Sonic Youth, great catchy hooks. The reason why they win this award is because, uh, once again, for a group that doesn't really have an album, they've got a lot of good mid to high tier buildings in 2020 festivals. They've got a lot of placements. I see a lot of press. Something here just looks a little interesting. And, you know, the videos are well edited and the aesthetics is awesome and everything else. And, you know, as a product, I can say firmly I am not mad. But it is kind of interesting to kind of see that, you know, out of nowhere, you've got these, this, you know, signs of domino, which is kind of like an interesting thing in itself. Just blast out of nowhere and get all these placements when, you know, it's it's been a, a banner year for UK rock. But it's kind of weird to see these guys kind of blow up in a way where, like, let's say Black Midi. To, you know, blowing up in a way where, you know, even like a glow up like Dry Leg, who's had a great year and dropped a great album. Like these guys kind of steamrolled them over and, they, and they're continuously getting played in fucking like satellite radio. So it's it's very interesting. So it's this is this is a little bit backhanded compliment because, like I said, it's the glow up was very, very, very suspect. But similar to her, I kind of see what's happening here. So, you know, I guess we won't have to wait and see because it'll just be fucking fed to us through the algorithm anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and the funny thing is when you when you told me about this band, I saw their like their one video, and I'm just like, oh, I get it. It's two fairly attractive white women, basically singing se- sex raps, <laughs> in the style of like you know indies '90s like alternative like you know like you know sub pop or or that type of you know kind of. I guess what post punk, like fitting or whatever, it is the, the nexus of all the things. It is all of the things that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not surprised that they're they are a, are a <laughs> interesting plant. It's if it's <laughs> given this information, bro. It's it's like if Urban Alphabets became sentient instead of walking around under some anthropology. That's like it's like if it formed yeah. itself. And it was yeah. just like, I am now human. I must walk around. That's what fucking wet leg sounds. Yeah, like. yeah. And like, like, look, the songs are catchy as shit. You know, like, like I, I, I will give them their props. And you know, a lot of times, look, either like sometimes you you lean into being an industry plant, and you're just like, you know, fuck it. And sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just getting all these opportunities. I'm going to go and like take advantage of it. I don't know where they they lie, so I don't want to like blame them for anything. It's more of the industry who's like seeing this and salivating. Um, yes. And I, they will be on the cover of Vogue in 2022, like, like no, 
They're going to that Billy Eilish track. You're going to be at the Met Gala um, in 2022. I, I already see it. <laughs> All right. So uh, um, um, the next envelope, the good guy sometimes win award. Little Nas X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Little Nas X winning this year. It's so great just because it has triggered the larger hip hop community. I think in a way that I I feel like is necessary, right? Yes. Like, you know, we haven't had somebody who, you know, you know, we've had gay rappers before. We have people who identify as queer and gay, but not to the level of Lil Nas X, right? And not to the level of this person is a pop star um, and has made a lot of people uncomfortable. And, you know, not just people like the <laughs> baby, <laughs> you know, or, uh, but it's made like, you know, people I know who are like old school hip hop heads are like really uncomfortable with, with like the idea of having a, you know, like, like a gay black rapper. You know, there's a lot of things that you got to unpack there. So, um, you know, but look, Lil Nas X could essentially, you know, be in the closet and do all the things and like, you know, like, like do the playbook, but, uh, it's 2021 and why does he have to do that? You know? Yeah. No, at the end of the day, it's just like, he, he came out as, as he, as the double pun, he came out. No, but the thing is, it's, it's what's kind of cool about Lil Nas X is kind of, I, I, as a fan, seeing Lil Nas X is gonna sound weird. Become more Lil Nas X. I mean, he's somebody where he was a, you know, he came off a country song. Easy could have been a one-hit wonder. Massive marketeer, kind of flipped that around, dropping these signals, working on his fucking album. Album drops is pretty damn solid. One of the best pop albums of the year. This dude's kind of been focused on winning, and what's kind of been cool about this, he's been doing it on his terms. Like going back to the idea of where you know, tongue in cheek, when we kind of throw shots at her or Wet Leg, it's like you know. We like these artists. It's just the idea that we know that there's a whole machine that kind of dictates who makes it and who doesn't. And with Lil Nas X, I feel like a lot of people were kind of throwing shit at him as if, you know, the quote-unquote gay agenda and yada, yada, yada. But you have to realize, like you said, the, the template, the fucking playbook literally is keep it kind of vaguely ambiguous until you get the bag. You know, drop a couple of hits, drop a couple of albums, and maybe, you know, you get a snapshot on People Magazine holding somebody's hand on the beach. You know what I'm saying? You kind of keep things secret. You kind of keep things kind of like fucking, you know, you know, you got to keep it vague and ambiguous. And he's somebody where, you know, what I love about it is he's he's very outwardly queer, but in ways where it's not cliched. Like, you know, he'll go out there, he's swinging on a pole fucking in fucking Saturday Night Live, but at the same time, he'll show up in a cartoon. You know what I'm saying, kind of? Like, it's something yeah. where he doesn't let... The, his queerness doesn't define who he is as an artist. It's a part of what he is as an artist, but it doesn't define it. And that's what could be kind of fascinating, where you've got somebody who's kind of doing on his own terms. So, you know, even if... I'm ready for this? Ready for this old school, old man hip-hop? You know... I just don't support the lifestyle nonsense. You have to give it up where, you know, he's somebody where he's doing it on his terms. And I don't know how, you know, forgetting about how homophobia is bullshit. If you're a fan of art, it's hard to look at what he's doing and not find it admirable, him doing what he's doing on his terms. So, you know, absolutely props to him for this year. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And, and look, like a, a, a video like Montero, right? 
I don't think I'd be brave to to release that as an artist. To be yeah. honest. You know, like a video like Industry Baby. Like I, that takes a lot. Like it sucks that it takes bravery. It takes a lot of bravery to do that. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, like like props to Lil Nas X. Like I I'm I'm really impressed with with this tracks that he's taken. And you're right, like he could have been one hit wonder. Like he's reinvented his career. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes. Like he's not, he's becoming like, you know, not just like a, a rapper or a pop star. He's like a fashion icon. Look, there can be, you know, other types of media. Like I'm ready for it for it all. So yeah, def- definitely props to him. Props to him. Um, we came in with the praise. Now we have to go. <clears throat> Let me read this all off. The evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> Spaceball Awards. Our foil for 2021. We've talked about her often on this podcast. I've struggled. You know, I've, I've hit the last stage of grief. Acceptance. Doja Cat rules. Mm. Mm. You know, we, we should be canceling Doja Cat. And we, we can't. Because the album is actually really good. Really the album good. is really good. And it sucks. Because it's because like, <laughs> Dr. Luke produced it. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you know, you have somebody who may or may not like hang out with alt-right people who who've said, who've said anti-gay things, who has an album produced by a, you know, sexual predator. And somehow it's the highest shit and you can't stop. You can't stop nodding your head. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But like, you know, again, I struggle. But at the end of the day, you know, we all have a problematic face. You know, Azalea Banks till I die. And it's undeniable that she's extremely talented. I think what kind of helps is the fact she's also young. You know, we look at Tyler, the creator, where, you know, he was somebody where even though I definitely love the punk energy, there were some issues there, you know, that he eventually True. grew out of. So, you know, Doja Cat, I think maybe is 25, you know, she's, she's still relatively young. You know, she got five years, five, five years to give her. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that's very true. And I, and I think that's one of the things I'm really trying to be conscious of. Just, you know, the fact that these people are young and when I was 25, 24, like, what was I doing? Oh, we were all you know? dicks. Jesus Christ. You know? Uh, I mean, I wasn't going on the alt-right message boards, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, nor was I saying homophobic things. But, you know, I, I, I will say I'm hoping that like, she has a second chance. I, and I think, like, the, the, the culture has given her a second chance. She hasn't really been canceled um, in a way that, um, you know, I, I think other people have been canceled before. So she has that second chance. And, you know, I, I, I hope that she, you know, kind of grows and matures and just like really kind of like focuses on the music and really kind of, you know, like like really think, think about like what she does on online, you know. Um, so, yeah, like I, I, I actually I really kind of want Doja Cat to, to win because I've been a fan of hers way, you know, back when she was posting shit on SoundCloud back in the day, you know, and it's, it's, and this last album was way closer to that SoundCloud cloud vibe, I think, than her past, like two albums where I think she was trying to go way too pop. Like this is kind of like pop, 
but also like R&B and kind of like more groovy. So um, there's just like the, the, the sky's the limit for Doja Cat. I just, I really truly hope that she, uh, you know, just, just, just sign off from the internet. That's what I like, we don't need to know. We don't need to know. You know, Madger out there, I know who you are. You know what I'm saying? You, you hold, you, you're holding on to the bag. You got this talented young woman. Just, you know, every once in a while, grab the hammer, smash the iPhone. You know, it, takes, it probably takes her a day or two to get a new one. You know what I'm saying? It's the delay. That's all. It's just make you, you know, <laughs> perhaps go fuck up the fucking router periodically. You know, if you're, if you're all chilling out in the studio, just, you know, hit it, give it a swift kick in the side. You know, keep her focused. You know what I'm saying? Away from fucking 4chan, basically. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll introduce this because this is uh, actually it's related um, the best major label rap release of the year I think me and Stone are kind of unanimous on this yeah yeah it is a, a young man no I can't say young man he's now 30 um, Tyler Tyler creator who could he could rap who would have thought yeah, and, and, yeah. I mean, well, well, look. I mean, it's really funny because I think you know, Igor was such an impactful album. A lot of people thought that Tyler was a singer, you know, quote unquote. Um, and Tyler was kind of like, no, I I came into this game as a rap rapper. Like I rap. Like you know, he and, and he he had to kind of prove it to people. Um, but yeah, man, like th- this is a great rap album. I know a lot of people <laughs> disagree with me. Like it's I, definitely <laughs> there was some blowback. They were like, "That's who? Why? Why is this N-word rapping on the songs? Where's Where's the, the the synth pop hits?" Well, even even just like the way that the album is structured. If you're not familiar with a DJ drama tape, oh yeah, like, that too. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to understand like like what he was doing. Um, but it's, it's really interesting because like Igor was a very much a concept album and this is also a concept album. Um, uh, it's basically telling a story and or narrative, you know, throughout like all of the tracks. Right. Um, and it's just really interesting that he can like take the same concept and throw it into different formats, which is, I think, genius to me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely my number one rap album. And again, like it's not like Igor that won best rap album. This is actually a rap album. <laughs> is there? I, is there's no real singing? Is there? Like there's a couple of tracks that are a little bit on the smoother side, but for the most part, it's just spinning straight through. Well, the one track that was like ten ten minutes long. <laughs> but even even then, <laughs> that that, you, that, you, that I could even then I felt like that it was him. Tell, it was storytelling. It was it was it was yeah, it's a, it, it's it was a rap, overly rap long song collaboration. That's yeah. what the Grammys call it: rap song collaboration. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. What else? Cool. I, 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 I will announce this envelope and I, I will speak on it. <clears throat> One of my nominees. The Boozy Badass Award for Most Ignorant Rapper of the Year. Mm. Five years running. Still winning. Boozy Badass, come and get your middle finger. <laughs> right here. Uh, I mean, come on. I, I, at this point, here's the thing about Boozy. I like Boozy. Boozy's a very influential rapper. Uh, it just sucks he's fucking literally old man at the Klaus troll in 2021. And it's just like... 
we don't need to hear your opinion on trans people. We don't need to hear your opinion on gay rappers. We don't need you to hear your opinion on anything else. You just need to just fucking just give us the fucking hip hop that we love from you from that perspective. And like I said, it's it kind of sucks to like again. This is somebody where you know because of the way the system is set up, because of his own issues, he, ha- he the the heights he could have hit, he was never able to hit. This is somebody where. I think in an alternate universe would could be you know as as popular as let's say you know for, for you know if we're kind of looking at let's say like a Juicy J if we're looking at like let's say a fucking Lil Wayne if the South is transcendent there's no reason why Boosie can't be one of these OGs we look to if it's something like fucking let's say fucking you know like, like Scarface like and, and not to say that he's up to them lyrically, but this is somebody where he came from the gutter. He's somebody on a Gucci main level where street literally puts out street raps in a place where there was not seen the same respect as let's say in New York or in LA. This is somebody where it'd be nice to see him kind of get his flowers like Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane's out here getting laid, smiling, chilling. And I wonder that for Boosie also, but like I said, it is, he just seems to be his own worst enemy where the only time I hear about Boosie is not because of a new mixtape, but because he says some ignorant fucking, you know, old man shit. So, yeah, you suck. Please. Stop yeah. It. Yeah. And, and I will say this. Um, he's trying. I, I feel like maybe he's trying to be like doing like the 50 cent template where it's like, I'm going to be, you know, like uh, the villain wrestler or whatever. Um, and going on all, like all these shows and, and, and like just basically just being himself and knowing that it's it's problematic. But I, I think the difference is 50 Cent has hits um, and he just has more pop culture relevance. So you, you can't really do that if you're on the level of pussy badass. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. so. And it sucks because like I said, he's somebody where like like. He is an important rapper, so it, it just it's really kind of shitty to see him kind of go out like this. You know what I'm saying? And he's not that old. Like like Rusi is, he's he's definitely an OG as far as in rap terms concerned. But is he forty? He might even be forty. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, like he, it's it's. He, he looks like he's just, forty. Yeah, he, he looks like he's fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just the idea of like you know it's just like we just need to kind of do better, and it's just like look. I'm not gonna say motherfuckers need to kind of suddenly fucking figure it out. 39 years old. This motherfucker is 39 years old looking like he's fucking wow. 59. Wow. Look, I get it. You know, we grow up to certain places where a lot of people, because of the way the kind of world works, they're marginalized and don't really get to see the world. But you're somebody where you had a little glow up, you had a fucking career. You know, it, it would be nice to kind of see like a pussy kind of fucking kind of like, again, like I, I look at a Gu- Gucci Mane. Where somebody who's been through all these trials and tribulations kind of come out on the opposite side, like looking fucking, you know, like, hey, you know, now I'm an OG. Now I, all I do is drop my little mixtapes. These rappers come up there, give me my little fucking verses. I get the bag and I'm chilling. And like I said, it's going back to your point. It's kind of sad to see somebody just, you know, I'm going to be a troll for the rest of my career. So, yeah. 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 All right. Let's keep it moving with the album that aged like milk award. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's gonna go to your boy uh, J Cole. Uh all right. So, what's fascinating about this album is, so I'm gonna do a compare and contrast with Drake. So, with Drake clearly he did not try. Drake was just boring. It's he had ideas. What was interesting about this album was that you could tell it was J Cole's attempt 
at basically a bigger mainstream album. You know, it's something where yeah. the lyrics were a little bit less conscious. He definitely was looking from his perspective, but you could tell that he wanted to be a little bit more mainstream. The only thing I felt like was kind of fascinating about this record is, is that that's just not his strength. I don't know if J. Cole wants to be mainstream, though. Like, I I, I feel like J. Cole knows his, his arena and knows, like, where he, he wants to be. And, you know, essentially, he's, like, just, he, he I feel like he doubled down with this album. And the problem is, you know, J. Cole's not a great producer. Um, and, you know, he doesn't make hits. And there just wasn't anything that just like stood out where I was just kind of like, oh, I'll go back to it. Um, at least with Drake, Drake has a bomb of an album, but you know, there's tracks on there that like I recognize. You know, like even something like Girls Want Girls, it's corny as shit, but like I know the chorus, right? Um, you know, Kanye essentially has a bomb of an album better than Drake, but there's tracks on there that are like, they're a fire. And I feel like with with J. Cole, there's nothing signature. There's no signature track on this album. Yeah. It feels no. like background music. And I and, and you're right, like he really it, you could tell that he put in the time with this album. Like he like went back to like the the I guess apartment he was renting in Queens when he was like doing his first mixtape and like set up a studio there. Like, you know, he was really trying to <laughs> prove something with this album and I feel like it kind of fell short you know so yeah, yeah. I mean yeah it's it's uh I mean yeah I like I said it's it's for me where I didn't like it was the fact of where what I liked about and it's gonna sound kind of weird to kind of say it this way I thought it was fascinating when he was him and Anonim were arguing even though they're clearly on the same sides um and that was a lot of male ego stuff but what I liked about fucking J. Cole is that he's somebody where he was kind of trying to work through issues as far as socioeconomic, you know, even his bitterness kind of liked. This one has kind of felt like, like I said, there wasn't a real big single. There wasn't really an angle here, like Kids on Drugs or K- was it KOD? It was, K- it was Kids on Drugs. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, th- th- it felt like there wasn't a, a, a nap th- there. And like I said, it's, I, I don't want to say it was dumber. It's it's like long story short, it felt like a lot of his other records were a little bit better planned. This one kind of felt like he went into the studio, kind of tried to get into that match, like you kind of mentioned. And unfortunately, I think he works best when he's kind of like, all right, I got I got a whole bunch of you know I I saw this news report about so and so, or you know I'm not really respected as a rapper, or he does better when I guess as an underdog. And I think the problem for me was that this wasn't his underdog album. This was his like, oh you know, I I've got the Bentley, I've got fucking the Bugatti, I've got the flights, and it's kind of cool, you know what I'm saying? And, it, and I don't still yeah. know if that's his lane. So yeah, yeah. Uh well. Uh, let's let's keep it moving with the uh, securing the bag award. Yes. Uh, I mean, honestly, Springsteen was probably the last one that kind of you know where me and Stone sat. You know, obviously, this is uh ordered by KPMG. You know, very secret ballot between me and Stone. <laughs> you know, we we go we go into a black room. It's a lot 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 of lot of technology goes to this voting. 
But um, Springsteen kind of set it up because that was the last one. I think it was half a billion dollars, maybe a month ago. But yeah. it's been a long run. I remember Neil Young was the first one because I remember I was shocked because I was like, fucking Neil Young. Then you forget Neil, you know, Young and Nash, you know, they, these are generational songwriters. You have Dylan, Stevie Nicks, Calvin Harris, even the fucking RZA. And you have this fucking like line of people kind of just cashing out. It's been kind of fascinating because of two reasons. One, you have music ownership kind of leaving from, and you know, as we all hate, you know, record labels, but going even deeper into the business world where, you know, private equity fund has nothing to do with the creative period. You know, at least you can make yeah. the argument that Universal, you know, they're still kind of, you know, they may be in, in the business of cr- creativity as cash, but a, but a private equity fund gives no fucks. It's just an asset. You know, be it, be it a song or be it a fucking real estate or be yep. it a share of a company, it's all the same exact shit. Um, I'm not necessarily mad at it. You know, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, as these artists age and, you know, the, the family gets the money and, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of estate issues, look at Aaliyah. So I think it's a positive in some ways. That said, cynically, seeing art kind of get bought up by private equity firms does leave a bad taste in the mouth. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting too because I, I was like was some other podcast I was listening to, um, maybe it was like New York Times podcast. It was just basically talking about how, basically, there's a, a few things where over the past like ten years, there we've been telling artists like to own their masters. You got to own your masters. You got to own your masters. You got to own your masters. Like that is your art. That is your worth. That is like things that you can control. And you see like you know people like Taylor Swift like making that. Um, you know, like just like really like lifting up that um, that that mantra, right? And now you have this a whole slew of artists who are like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling my masters <laughs> to Bain and Company or whoever, you know. <laughs> and like, I don't care. Like, you know, y'all can do whatever you want with him. Like, it's fine. Like, and it's really interesting to kind of see that. Um, and it would be interesting too to see if this this kind of goes like you know because obviously these are people with like deep catalogs who have like you know years of music that they can license out to like TV, film, like whatever. Like there's a lot of value there. Um, it'll be really really interesting if this catches on to like people who have like not as deep catalogs, right? Um, you know, if, if somebody like like even like Drake. You know, or even somebody who, like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of a rapper, like, like Lil Nas X, right, like, comes out tomorrow and says, oh, I want to sell my masters to Bain and Company, <laughs> you know, like, it'll be really interesting to see, like, how far this extends across the music universe, um, you know, I, I'm not surprised that Neil Young or Bob Dylan or, like, a Springsteen selling out, because they're, like, 70, you know, eight years old, like, what are they really going to do, um, you know, it, it it makes a lot of sense. Shakira was really interesting. Rizzo was really interesting, but it'll be interesting to kind of see in the next two or three years if this just becomes a norm where like you're not selling out again to a label, but you're selling out to like a private equity firm or a group of investors, um, and and they'll own like your worth basically, and you're cool with that. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's and it sucks because like I said, I, I understand on a certain level, you know, it's still an investment. Um, ideally, you know, even though private equity firms are, are known for running business in the ground, 
you have to figure that giving it to the business entity ensures the music will kind of quote unquote live on. Um, at the same time, it's like, I don't know if Neil Young wants to have his like protest song licensed to be on Fox News. You know what I'm saying? So that's where it kind of, that's where everything gets a little funny and a little shady. So it's like, you know, I, 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 I am not mad at any artist getting the bag. Like in 2021, it's capitalistic hellscape. It is what it is. If you're able to do it on your own terms, even better. But like I said, it's, shit is not sweet. And I could definitely see some issues like that down the line. True. True. All right, so let's keep it moving with the uh, the Daniel Caesar Award for career suicide by not being able to shut the fuck, fuck up <laughs> award. <laughs> and this was easy. Uh, the, the baby. The baby. I remember. Remember Stone. Remember when you first heard the baby? We were like, this this guy, this this North Carolina ugh, North Carolina rapper is out here with, spitting these bars, busting rhymes, doing songs with Megan the Stallion. You know, hopping on his remixes, funny videos. Remember, remember he was yeah. he was big oh, yeah. with the comedy. Remember that that was that that yeah. was good. And I, I what happened with twenty twenty one? I became homophobic. Oh, what what? what? <sighs> because Lil Nas X had ten naked dancing black men in the video. <sighs> Legit, like like I I count. Like when that's when the baby went crazy. That's when like somebody I know <laughs> went crazy. Like that was a triggering moment for a lot of black men. Like dead ass, seriously. <laughs> but uh, as we all know, just to give a recap, you know, career high, good placements. Out of nowhere, there was a concert earlier this year where the baby went on a weird homophobic rant. Also threw some random daggers at fucking AIDS victims, you know, which was seemed specifically parched off from the homophobic rants. Um, enough where he had to apologize several times, then unapologized, and just basically try to make a music video based on being canceled that kind of didn't really make sense about the... Basically, he, he just fumbled the bag in a way where I was just, just quite shocked. And this is somebody you know, who already yeah. kind of yeah, who already kind of dodged a couple of fucking uh, controversies. I remember he got in trouble for when he hit that woman in the club, but the, the question was, was this year like you know touch him first? And you know somebody who was kind of on the cusp, but I've never seen somebody just implode that quickly. And, and look, the dude was getting Dua Lipa money. Yeah, he yeah. was he was on the track yeah. that was. One of the biggest tracks of the year, which is like, yeah. a, it was a weird placement for him. I always thought that was like a weird, like pairing, you know, like some A&R, like figured that out and made that happen. But uh, he was getting that money. You know what? You yeah. don't have me dying off him. And, this, and I hate to say this. Remember how, so after she kind of gave like a, you know, I, I just, I disapprove of all this homophobia, yada, yada, yada. What had me dying is he put out a weird counter where it sounded really, and I, and I pardon for my, for my, for, for, for really like butthurt. It was very much like this, why we were, how, you know, when your friends, like he was like shading Dua Lipa for basically saying that I don't want to associate with this asshole's fucking homophobia. And he was all weirdly hurt where it's like, well, when I was rapping with you, where it's like, what this fucking business fam, you out here killing your bag. Your, your cow's going nuts. <laughs> Go like, I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing too. It's like, again, like, like uh, it's, su- it's surprising that artists don't have like, I don't know if you watch scandal, but like Olivia Pope's, they all need to be embedded with every artist camp. Right. Uh. <laughs> 
Like, you need damage control. And this dude had no damage control. Nobody took away his phone and, like, you know, threw it out the window. And, yeah, man, you just, like, dig your own hole. Like, you're not going to, you know, you're in a world now where people who identify as gay, queer, transsexual, transgender, whatever, they have rights and they have agency now. And you kind of have to deal with it. (laughs) And... Like, like you, you, you're not going to win this argument, you know? And, and like, unfortunately you, you will win this argument if you go on like Fox news or something, but like for like 60, 70% of the world right now, or the country, at least you're not going to win this argument. So damn dude, just like literally, like you literally have to like, like just like throw your phone out the window, have your, your PR person or your intern, write The apology, like go on, you know, some show or whatever and like be like oh yeah i'm really sorry dress up like in a suit like chris brown you know (laughs) (laughs) and and like people will forget but like you kept digging in fam so yeah yeah. and like i like what got me was the AIDS victims though because i remember there was a lot of like you know my mama got AIDS, and he was like oh well uh like it was just purely planned poorly planned even for as far as homophobic speeches were concerned as far as hate speeches were concerned it was poorly planned and like yeah like it's 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 just kind of sad to see somebody who you know, we we you know the quote the tire banks mean we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Yeah. And to see you know you go out that way, nah, bro, trash, trash, trash. <laughs> um, the next award. Um, let me quickly let out. Um, the slave on face error prince award, aka the artist strikes back award. I think there's only one person. You know, me and Stone, hardcore Swifties. You know, always, <laughs> always pro Taylor Swift. You know, we, we uh, that's how we met. We commiserated over a fucking, you know, our love for discography. But uh, long story short, you know, even though we kind of throw some shade, at the end of the day, I have to give, ready for this? Uh, a, a boss bitch move. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Boss bitch move. But uh, yeah, long story short. Uh, going back to the idea of private equity, you had her record label, her masters. Basically, they sold it over to a private equity fund. There was a lot of dispute over it. She wanted to have a crack by her own masters. She said it was kind of offered the tour on the table, but then they rescinded to give it to a fucking, you know, give it to Scooter Braun, who then eventually sold to a private equity fund. So what she did... She just said, fuck it, and re-recorded the albums. Re-recorded the albums, basically was kind of promoting the albums, was getting newer popular artists like Phoebe Bridges to kind of go on the albums, and she's just kind of been slowly working back and redoing the discography, and honestly, she's been doing a spectacularly good job. It's like, she's done the work where, like, to the point of, A, the newer versions eclipse the old versions, enough where they kind of seem kind of old, and B, Universal had to rewrite the bag where they kind of extended the period of time where artists can do kind of similar shenanigans and re-record their own tracks. Um, I can't be mad. Like, you know, ideally, I don't know how much it scales. You know, obviously, Taylor Swift is one of the biggest pop artists on the planet. You know, she's able to kind of, you know, she's able to make those phone calls to like a Phoebe Bridges to kind of show up, you know, probably fly her in a jet plane like Kanye style to come record new verses. You know, she, she's got the resources to do what she did. But what I'm hoping that is by her example that kind of shows you that, 
just because you're facing this kind of machine, there isn't ways to kind of strike back and kind of make your coin. So, you know, props to her. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I will say this too. Props to the fans. Yeah. Because, I, you know, it's a momentous thing to say, hey, guys, stop streaming that thing that you've been playing that's been streaming for the past, like, 10 years and stream this new shit. <laughs> right? And, you know, if you didn't have a dedicated fan base, which, you know, Telesworth has a really dedicated spent fan base, um, you know, like, you know, that could, like, fall to deaf ears easily, right? Because people don't care. It's a pandemic. I don't got time for that. But you had enough people to, to do that, that that really moved the needle, you know. And, and look, I, I applaud Taylor. I think, you know, Red Taylor's version is great and things like that. But, like, um, she was also able to convince her fan base to, 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 to you know, to to really buy into this this whole concept, and I think that that takes a lot of work. People don't understand like when you have to to get somebody's attention and move them towards a thing. Um, so yeah, you know, props to Taylor for to, for making that happen and and marketing it and like getting these fans to understand, you know, royalties <laughs> and like contract shit <laughs> and, and and really kind of doing that that work and that education. Um, so yeah, I, I can't be mad. I cannot be mad at all. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm really happy for Taylor. Like, I'm really happy that she, you know, she's able to turn that kind of crazy thing into a, another number one album. <laughs> yeah, and shit. And actually, I'm thinking about it. We were because I remember when she was first beefing about the record label shit. So it's also been a crazy turnaround. I guess I guess we're all inside, but it's been kind of crazy to see her execute the plan where it was just like I'm gonna re-record my shit. But that motherfucker pulled that shit off, and she's like pulling yeah. it off as we speak. So yeah, no, like I respect the vision. You know what I'm saying? Lemons into lemonade, baby. Lemons into lemonade. So you know, props yep. to her. Yep. Um. This is a little a tongue-in-cheek one. I threw this in. Uh, beef of the year. Uh, so, I'll, I'll recap. A uh, month or two ago, before the holidays, as, as Madonna's apt to do, she posted up a, t- a titty pic on Instagram, looking sexy with the stockings on, on her bed. Um, as uh, 50 Cent is apt to do, you know, because obviously, you know, being a producer on a hit show, building a media empire, he's always got time to troll and be a dick. Decided to kind of throw some shades at, uh, you know, Madonna's looks. And Madonna wasn't here for the shit. Madonna was on some like, yo, I've known you for years. What are you doing? And 50 Cent shut the fuck up really quickly. So <laughs> it was it was one of the few times where you kind of see like, I won't say he necessarily got out bullied. But you could kind of tell that the way Madonna responded, like she was just like, yo fam, I will get these fucking... These, these these shooters out here, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, the like of virgin shooters will come out here and just fucking stomp on your ass if you don't shut the fuck up. So I thought it was quite entertaining on my end. Yeah, and, and <laughs> look, man, I mean, I'm sure Madonna has like Illuminati shooters. Oh, out come here. on. Bro, she's definitely, so, she knows the dudes like, that killed Epstein, like, like, like on a first name yeah. basis. Like, like, if 50 Cent's like, oh shit, I just got these Brooklyn dudes. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get no passports. They're fucking walking go, go to the airport with the fucking guns on them, feeling metal detector tests. They got busted oh, by Madonna NYPD. has like, 
like you know ultron super soldiers like ready ready to go ready to pop so <laughs> you sometimes you gotta bend the knee fam <laughs> oh man um oh shit where 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 are we where are we uh oh all right here we go the the we will be here forever get what i'm saying forever Copyright KRS One Award. <laughs> uh, the the locks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we. I mean, we talked about the locks. So, um, <laughs> the locks will be here forever. Um, and look again, gr- the level up of the year, like like January one, twenty twenty one. I was not thinking I would be talking about the locks. You know, towards the end of the year, they put themselves back in in the culture. Um, and yeah, oh, like forever props. This is a very hard game, especially for old rappers. Yeah. Right. It is a very hard game, um, especially for like older East Coast rappers um, to, to really like, you know, move the culture. So, yeah, props to them. Props to them. Um, we have another award, uh, the Ellen DeGeneres Hip Hop and Strange Places Award. <laughs> um, this is a late gospel album which I find was hilarious I guess Sharon Stone and RMR are dating um, I don't know if it's dating might be a stretch of the term but let's just you know say what it is they're definitely fucking um, and I'm not mad at it you know what I'm saying Sharon Stone 90s hot throb blonde white woman RMR thug from the streets I feel like this is you know it's it's this, this is this is this is many a Lower East Side love story you know, I I I saw you posted this. I'm like, wait, you gotta be kidding, right? Like you would, you, you what? Like number one, like RMR is not even like a dude that is that popular. Like he has like these weird covers of country songs. He looks like he is deep in like Chicago projects. Like he like it basically is like drill rap energy for a, like a country song. Um. I think it's a meme, but look, look, Sharon Stone has been one of my crushes. Like, if you grew up in the 90s, I'm sorry, like, you had to, like, idolize Sharon Stone at some point. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like, you know, level up, young man. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot, lot of, you know, walking to this part with the, with the Sharon Stone in your arm, a lot of old heads be like, I see you, bro. I see you. I, yeah, I was there in that like, basic instinct theater. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I know what you see in that, bro. Like I I, I will just say that the the videotape got a little worn. <laughs> certain certain parts <laughs> of basic instinct. <laughs> <sighs> as as we start to. Um, Begin to get towards uh, our most important awards. I will announce the ludicrous, that is the rapper ludicrous, rapper securing the bag outside of bars award because this hip hop shit is fleeting. If anybody has glowed up this year based off the significant other, there's only one man who was just like, yo, I'm a holla at a billionaire over there. Because I have that swag. Only in Harlemite can roll up there and be like, sup ma, to somebody who's got, again, that Epstein shooter money. 
ASAP Rocky X Rihanna. Who would have thought, you crazy kids? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can't be too surprised, but um, you know, I, I the only thing that sucks about this is like ASAP now does not have any will to put out an album, just like Rihanna has no will to put out an album anymore. <laughs> so, I, I, I think, I think there's two deaded music careers now. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Because, all right, this is if we look at his trajectory, right? He was somebody who was really, really trying to be more artsy. But unfortunately, ASAP Rocky is still a Harlem Street rap dude. So it's been kind of fascinating. So, oh, I, on one hand, I am happy that, you know, if this ends up being what it is, true love, he retires, props to him. I also am very afraid of what Rihanna money could fund for him to put out. All I can imagine is like, you know, like chopped and screwed banjos were over fucking Basquiat tracks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 it is going to go either way, fam. Either way. True. True. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> you are right. <laughs> you are right. Um, man. No, I mean, it's, it's, I, Again, I guess I, I shouldn't be too surprised, but um, it was a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, can't be mad. Like, you know, ASAP seems like a cool, good dude. You can look Rihanna's at dude, a good girl. You know? you know, like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's not like an RMR and Sharon Stone thing. <laughs> They're in the same industry, same circles, <laughs> same city. So, yeah, can't be surprised. That makes sense. Um... I'll start off the down note and Stone will bring it up. Um, most depressing trend of 2021. Um, I think, I mean, obviously it's just death. Um, it's, you know, from our loved ones to our friends, to our families, to just basically artists that we love. Prince Markety from the Fat Boys. Drake, you again stabbed a couple weeks ago. DMX, unfortunate passing. Shock G is unfortunate passing. Biz Marquis is unfortunate passing. Young Dolph. Kango Kid passed a week or two ago. Michael K. fucking Williams, beloved actor. I mean, we could kind of go on. It's been a really fucking shitty year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just everything. It's, it's you know, it, some of it is definitely COVID related. Some of it is fucking just, you know, the way the world is. Some of it is just the sad idea of where a lot of POC, black, Latino artists, our shelf life really isn't that long because as black people, you know, as fucking Latino people, it's just, I'll just talk against you, be it fucking health-wise, be it prison industrial system, be it just the pressures of fucking being, you know, an other in a place that prides whiteness, that that mental stress, that mental strain, that mental illness that that kind of leads to and exacerbates. So, uh, you know, I think this year we're kind of to reflect on fucking the people that we lost and, you know, it's very easy to get sad, but I think it's also time to kind of praise where, you know, a DMX will live on, you know, a Michael K. Williams, the wire will live on, you know, you know, Drakeo was somebody where, you know, he was kind of on the upswing, he's still a young dude, but even that story is a great story of somebody kind of being the system, getting railroaded by a fucking prosecutor, you know, dropping songs with Drake, you know, these are kind of still winning songs and I mean, winning, winning fucking stories, you know, these guys made an impact and it's kind of awesome to kind of see that the names will live on. That said, way too soon. Yeah, and and even like dudes like Virgil Abloh, you know, like, yeah, shit. 
here, here's what I want to say. Um, and, and look, you know, we started this year with the news of MF Doom passing. Shit. I know that like happened in October of 2020, but you know, we didn't get the news till December 31st, and we woke up to that on January one. Um, I, I will say that when I hear of a a rapper passing um, from health issues, you know, not from gun violence. It spurred me to make sure that I am prioritizing my physical and mental health. Um, you know, look, we're getting older out here. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably our age. Um, and I think it's really important to, to, to really think about your mental health and your physical health. Because, um, you know, these dudes are our age and maybe a little bit younger or older. Um, and I, I think every time I see that, I'm always kind of like, oh shit, I really need to make sure that <laughs> I'm any, eating more healthy. I need to make sure that I'm exercising. I need to make sure that, you know, I'm meditating, um, you know, going to therapy, like things like that. Um, those, those things are real. Um, so that's, that's, that's the one thing I think I would take out of like all of these, um, kind of like, you know, unfortunate and untimely deaths. It's just like, I, it's really making me look at myself, making sure that, you know, um, I'm prioritizing my health. Um, and I hope, like, in 2022, like, you all do do the same. Um, because it's just a lot harder to do that with this pandemic out here. So, Yeah, no, cool. absolutely. It's just, it's just the idea where it's, you know, like, and we kind of sent off with the same as I think, but, you know, just take care of yourselves, guys. You know, guys and girls out there, just, you know, it's we only have one life to live, live it to your fullest, but also, you know, just, just take care of it. It's precious. Yeah. So uh so yeah, we're going we're going to end this with uh the most positive trend of 2021. And uh I I definitely agree with this. We outside. We were outside. <laughs> <laughs> we're no longer outside. But there were two periods this year in May and then in the fall when we were outside and the fall live music came back and I think that was that was huge. I mean, I enjoyed going to live shows. I saw some amazing live shows. Um, I don't know if I'm really ready to be around people because some y'all are assholes out here. Um, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. <laughs> God damn it. Reg and I had, had to almost scrap <laughs> at, at the Yacht Rock show. We all had to throw some throw some bows, you know. But, um, but you know, I, I think... I really enjoyed seeing live music again, um, seeing the artists like, you know, come out and like seeing the look on their face when they see a sold out show and they see like, you know, all these people kind of like, um, you know, sing along to their songs. I think there was just like this great communal moment uh, of 2021. And even though we're back inside, it was great to have that for like a few months, you know, and kind of see where music will be. And I'm so happy that, you know, for the most part, it was like things didn't lose a step. You know, the artists, you know, didn't lose a step. The venues were still like they, they reopened for the most part. Um, the fans came back, you know, it, the experience kind of picked off like it never left, which is really cool to see. Yeah. And, and I, I think what's most heartening is obviously when the time of Omicron, I think it's a little crazy, but, you know, those are during the Delta, the Delta months. And, you know, for the most part, everything kind of went off for the hitch. Not to say that, you know, there weren't any kind of incidents per se, but there were there was no feared super spreaders. You know, you had your concerts, you had your festivals, and things looked pretty normal. And and I know now it's a little dark because of 
you know, we're kind of back in full swing and COVID's kind of hitting hard. But, you know, I think the bigger picture is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel um, and that, you know, whenever we're ready to go back out there, it's, it's ready. And I'm hoping that, you know, it's kind of a little tough. You know, it's fucking winter. It's cold. But, you know, we'll go through the cycle. You know, Omicron will kind of, you know, this too will pass. And, you know, by, by March, hopefully, because particularly because I've got tickets <laughs> for shows. <laughs> Shout out to Sons of Kemet. Shout out to Nubia Garcia's playing, by the way. We have to talk about that off, off, oh, off stone. Oh, shit. The Init Blacks are in, the, are, are in America now. I don't know what's happening. And it's this Biden, you know, the, the, Europe, the, the London Jazz and he's invading. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely see a lot of the tunnel. And I think that's good. I think, I think, like you said, we found out that the artists are still here and the audience is still here. And I think one of those floodgates open will be out there in the street. So, you know, I, I, I want to kind of give a thanks to everybody where, you know, certain drunk concert goers, but even shouts to the drunk concert goer, you know, shouts to you, asshole. I will punch you in the fucking face. You're lucky it's not a punk show, but I even missed your bitch ass. That was like one of those things where I was like, nah, maybe I'm not built for this shit anymore. <laughs> Pandemic or not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, and like I said, like, like, like you were saying, like there's a whole industry, not just performers, but you're talking about people who are like the lighting and like sound people and, you know, uh, like tour managers. There's a whole industry, photographers, shout out to Vicky. Like there's a whole industry of people out here. Um, they're connected to a lot of music experience. So, um, you know, look, like even if you don't want to be out in the streets anymore, uh, you know, um, so you can not have to punch drunk people in the face. Um, you know, I still want I still want the industry to win and I still want it to come back strong. Um, so, yeah, like those are some glorious times. And I'm, I'm so glad I got to see live music again in 2021. Yeah. So. And like, and got knock on wood. Looks like you know, Regisol will be out there in the streets in 2022. So uh, I guess you can't talk too much shit because you might get punched by ASAP Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> you also that word, but I make ballerina music, man. <laughs> I, I like that. That's like you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, yo, I got punched by ASAP Rocky, but like the reality would be like I would get punched by like Boozy Badass. Or oh yeah, it's, it's, it'd be it'd be like Boozy Badass's cousin. <laughs> And he'd be out there looking 85 years old and shit, breathing on you. His breath looks like it forever smells also. He just looks like he's just got just gingivitis 24-7. And it's going to give you COVID. So, yes. you know, you cannot win. No no wins. But here's the thing. I, I am not up to Boosie badass fucking. It's due. Now, all right, look. I am not going to lie and say that the Vegas odds aren't heavily in the favor. He's anti-vax. But what if he isn't? What if he's just like, look. I'm a raging homophobe, but hey, facts up. <laughs> Can do, do not compute. Do not compute. I, I voted for Biden. <laughs> yeah. That AOC has really good ideas. We definitely need a progressive tax rate. You know, maybe 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 that's just one floor. Maybe we're going too hard. Maybe outside of the homophobia, he's a good person. Mm. I'm mm. not gonna take the biggest odds though. Nah, nah, not gonna yeah, no, nah, no, that's, that's, I'm not that's, trying to find out. Too to rich for my blood. Too rich for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, going back to the theme of the the podcast, we love all of y'all. Take care of yourselves. You know what I'm saying? Shit sucks out here, but we have seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Things will get better. This too will pass. So take care of yourselves. 
Get a little Netflix and chill. You know what I'm saying? Maybe stay a little indoors. You know, upgrade that little dirty ass cloth mask you haven't washed in five years. I see y'all. Walking out here with dirty masks. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself a nice sexy N95 mask. Black, sleek. You know, strong. I, I was gonna. It's gonna get sound pornographic at a certain you, point. You sold me. You sold me. It's gonna me. be. It's, I was gonna start making <laughs> mouth references. It's gonna. It's gonna get Rico strong and fucking Lexington Steel here for a second. I was trying to bring it back. <laughs> this is this is a this is a PG thirteen rated podcast. But yeah, nah. Like you were saying, man, life is short. Life is special. To carry yourselves, and we'll uh, see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Happy New Year.